city to city, state to state, worldwide. You're listening to the In The Zone Network. This is Ladies and gentlemen all over the world, it's about that time for the new top-rated mental health podcast. Check on your strong friends with the queen of bouncing back, Lauren Spearman. So grab a snack, sit back and relax, because it's about to get real. Hey everybody, and welcome to a very special edition of the Check on Your Strong Friends podcast. Um, with myself, your host, Lauren Spearman. This is the podcast that everyone needs, and I am your podcast friend. Today's wellness check is going to be in reference to myself. Um, of course, you can send me anything that you have. DM me on Instagram, check on your strong friends. Um, on Facebook, inbox me, Lauren Spearman, if you have anything, but today's is for me we're going to be talking about checking on your strong friend who is dealing with grief um yesterday my family hit me up and it was one of those calls where everyone was kind of rallying around each other doesn't happen often um so I knew something was serious Um, but my mom was letting me know that my cousin Christopher, um, Christopher Washington, who I want to dedicate this show to, he uh, was diagnosed with COVID-19. He had done some traveling uh, from Kansas City to Arizona to Iowa, and he was in the hospital and not doing well. So the rally cry was for all of us to pray. And, you know, when someone asks you to pray and tells you that it's serious, you stop what you're doing and you actually pray, you know, not prayer emojis um, without the physical prayer behind it. But you actually stop what you're doing and you pray. And I did. Um... I did pray. I was with my godmother when I got the news. And um, I don't. mm. When I prayed, I thought I had more time. My faith in God is such that I knew the situation was serious. But I also knew my cousin was young. To my knowledge, he was healthy. So I thought I had more time. Uh, Last night about 1 a.m., got a call that he did not make it. So um, to go from, you know, just finding out about his diagnosis and receiving the prompt to pray to he's gone uh, in less than 12 hours it hit us hard he was 32 years old (laughs) handsome intelligent business minded successful so successful and so independent that again 
didn't think to check on him. Because he was strong. He had it together. Um, even when his mother was passing from cancer, even though he was the middle son, he was still the main point of contact for the business handlings because he was strong and didn't check on him like I should have. Didn't in my mind ever imagine that I wouldn't have the time to. So, it's so many lessons in this. Um, but right now, I have to be honest and I have to be upfront and let you know that I, I'm questioning God. I am. I know he's faithful. I know his plan is beyond anything that I can foresee. I know that all things will work together for my good. My sister Marcy tells me that and I believe that. Romans 8 and 28. But I'm questioning God right now because it's been too many blows. 2020, you know, from the moment that Kobe Bryant died, it's been one thing after another, after another. My friends have lost key people in their lives. They've lost parents. They've lost children. Um, mm. Church members. I lost my spiritual father. I lost a family friend. I felt the loss when my friend lost her son. Um, 2020 has been that year. Even one of the um, business mentors that is part of the Billionaires Girls Club, um, you know, one of them lost their sister, one of them lost their cousin, and another just lost her mom. And I'm an empath, so when other people feel, I feel. So I've been feeling everybody else's losses and my own. Um, in February was the biggest of all when I lost my older cousin, Gary. And our family is huge, so you would think we go through this often, um, but we've been kind of blessed in that. It hasn't happened too often or too close together. But Gary was a shocker. I mean, even being in his home afterwards, he had protein shakes. Like, that was my handsome cousin. That was my successful cousin. That was a blow. It was a major blow. Um... You know, when my daughter was little, her dad um, is not in her life. So he would take her with him when he would pick up his daughter. Losing him was a blow. And I had finally gotten comfortable to the point where I felt as though I had learned 
all the lessons that God set out for me to learn in the pandemic. I experienced that loss and I still believed in him. And I experienced the loss of my spiritual father and I still believed in him. And, you know, one of my good friends just lost her dad. I still believed in him. Like every time somebody around me would lose or I would lose, I still believed in God. And I could still quote those scriptures and believe them. And I could still be positive about it. I learned to focus and prioritize my children over the different things on my agenda. I learned to be creative. And, you know, since we can't do things in person, to find a way to do them virtually. I learned to make time to give him honor and study him and watch sermons and develop personally. I thought I had learned everything I was supposed to learn in the pandemic. I thought I was now through the turbulence on the flight and that I was now able to be in smooth sailing. I thought I was done learning the lessons of 2020. So getting that call that my 32-year-old cousin, handsome cousin with his whole life ahead of him, no children, no wife, Getting that call that he is permanently gone. It's a lot. And of course, with this podcast, it's always a lesson. You know, take the time to reach out and connect with your loved ones, even the strong ones. Like we said in episode one, your strong friend is not necessarily just a friend. It's your strong relatives. It's your strong coworkers. It's your strong spouse. Those people in your life that seemingly are successful and have it together and are dependable and reliable and are the go-to person and can handle things and are not needy seemingly, still check on them. I regret not checking in with him more I regret the fact that when I had to put up a picture of him I couldn't find one of he and I together recently I regret that because I took for granted time I thought we had more time life is but a vapor You never know the day nor the hour. Nobody, I could have never predicted COVID-19. And I definitely could have never predicted that it was going to affect me personally by losing someone in my close family. We had actually, um, his older brother, Charles, we had started planning a cousin's picnic with our cousins Jeffrey and Shalisa and Tyla and David and Tamika and some other cousins and um, Kira, Stephanie. This was going to be our first year to do it because typically what happens is the family reunions and the events are handled by the elders of the family. And it was put on my cousin's uh, Jeffrey's heart, like, we got to get together more often than when somebody passes. And so we started planning this and we each gave each other jobs and we were figuring out the budget. And we even booked the park. It was going to be at Forest Park. But the pandemic happened. 
And so we made an effort, but we made it too late. It was supposed to be Father's Day weekend. And so now I feel like I wish we would have started planning it earlier or I wish we would have pivoted to make it a virtual meetup because I know that with his older brother being involved that I would have gotten to see him and talk to him. So I just want you to know that um, lesson number one reach out and connect with your loved ones frequently the strong ones the not so strong ones the in the middle ones even if you have to make yourself a calendar and write some names down of people that you're going to reach out to each day it doesn't have to be extensive hey you good hey i know we don't talk often but i love you because now i have to stay on a podcast that i pray You know, my faith tells me that he's an angel in heaven. And my faith tells me that he can hear me and see my heart. But I shouldn't have to depend on that. I should have physically been reaching out to him. And if he can hear me, I just want him to know I love you. You mean something to me. I wish I showed it more. I wish I checked in more. You are missed already. You will be missed. Your presence, your smile, your energy. And when I think about grief, um, it's something that's been kind of heavy on my heart because, as I said before, I'm an empath and I've had friends uh, lose close people in their lives. Um, My friend Marcy, who I call my sister, lost her dad, my spiritual father. My friend Ella, who was like my spiritual midwife and friend, lost her father, um, a phenomenal man. My friend Deidre um, has lost several close people to her. And each time those close women to me experienced a loss, I was at a loss as to what to say and what to do. Because it's not something that you expect to happen. And the way that I feel, I take on other people's pain and I want to fix it and I want to be there for them and I want to magically make it go away. And typically I am successful in lifting anybody's mood. If I really try and I really think back on what I can do to lighten this person's load, what I can get them that they've been talking about, what I can send them to provide them some relief, what errand I can take off of their shoulders. There's typically always something I can do to bring a smile to someone's face, except in the area of death. Because death is permanent. So there is not anything that I can say or do or buy that will get them what they truly need which is the return of that person 
I can pray for them and I can pray that God cover them and comfort them and give them peace and watch over them. And I do and I do it sincerely and I mean every word of it, but it doesn't always feel like enough when you really, really love a person and you just want to see them in a better place mentally and emotionally. So I just came up, you know, with some things that I feel like we can do for each other as strong friends, ourselves, and do for our strong friends. Um, And these are just things that I picked up along the way, like I said, with my friends just going through this. But what I would say is make your presence felt. Even when you don't know what to say, um, because again, nothing is going to look like real help in that moment, but bringing that loved one back. So we have to find those tangible things that we can do to kind of ease the process because grief is a process. It's not something that will be healed in a day. It's not something that, you know, if I come over every single day from the moment you find out, cook you dinner and then I'm at the funeral with you those are all amazing things and those are all great shows of support but the real work with grief starts when that is over when the visits stop when everybody inadvertently just goes back to their regular lives not because there's anything wrong with them or they're bad people but because that's just what we naturally do Because life keeps moving and distractions and obligations and things keep going. But that's when people need us the most. And that's what I've learned. And and there are many regrets that I have in reference to dropping the ball in that area. So my advice is just make your presence felt. Let that person know. Whatever you need. I will try the best of my capacity to be there for you. So yes, it does entail conversations, letting them vent without judgment, without speaking, just letting them vent. Visits, cooking dinner, taking errands off of their plate if they have children or if they have household tasks or business tasks so that they can solely focus on grieving their loved one and in some cases if they are that person making the decisions for the final care of their loved one the final interment everybody is different it's not a cookie cutter thing that you can do that will help everyone so make sure that you talk to that person specifically once they've had a chance to calm down and once they are welcoming conversation And just ask them, what can I do for you? What do you need from me? And people will tell you. Some people need you to check up on them all throughout the day to keep their mind off of it. And to let you know that they're there. Some people need to be left alone because they already have a million calls coming in from the funeral home and every family member. And business that they need to tie up loose ends on. So the best way to show support is to directly ask that person, what is it that you need from me? Is it my prayers? 
Is it a love token or donation? Is it you cooking dinner for my family so that I can breathe and I can decompress? Ask what they need and try your best to fulfill that need. It's an ongoing process and it comes in waves. That's definitely something that I want to let people know. Your friend can feel like they're doing amazing one moment and you can have a laughing, joking conversation. And then the next moment you may reach out to them and they don't respond. And it's because something happened to trigger a memory of their loved one or to remind them of the fact that their loved one is permanently gone. So just be mindful and be sensitive to the fact that whether it's five minutes later, five months later, five years later, that person is still healing. We're grieving not the loss of, you know, just a circumstance or a possession. We're grieving people, people who have impacted us, who mean something to us who helped shape us, who were there for us. We have real memories and real love for these people. So don't expect grief to have an expiration date. It's an ongoing process. Continue to check on your strong friends through that process. Even the strongest people. And sometimes I find that I feel guilty grieving because of the fact that the person I've lost was someone even closer to someone else. So if I've lost you, but you have a spouse or you have children or you have siblings, sometimes I feel guilty grieving because they are losing such a larger piece of their life but I have to give myself permission to feel what I feel and I ask that you give yourself that same grace and permission to feel what you feel you can still be there for someone else and acknowledge their pain without downplaying yours Nobody knows what that person meant to you but you. Nobody knows every detail, every memory, every time they inspired you, every time they pushed you to go harder, every time they made you feel loved, every time you looked at them and were just proud to know them. Nobody knows all of those moments but you. And you have every right to feel how you feel regardless of your relation to that person. And the pandemic has made it worse because it has changed the face of how we grieve. I know culturally in black families, the first thing that we do when someone passes is all of the family meets at that person's house or the closest relatives uh, to them's house. And we bring chicken and we bring, you know, a potluck of food and we rally around them and we comfort them and we lift them up and we go through pictures and we share memories and we make funeral arrangements. This is a time that we can't do any of that because it's literally not safe 
for all of us to come from our respective homes where we've quarantined and sanitized and monitored our health in different ways to all pile together into someone's house where there's not enough room to effectively social distance. We all can't even go to the funeral chapel at the same time. I mean, not in the capacity that we're used to in our community. In our community, you go to a funeral even if you only met the person one time at Quick Trip. <laughs> like, it's just something that we pay our respects differently. And so this is just a whole phenomenon that you can't even properly grieve a loss because you can't have that space to share those memories in person you can't go to the wake or go to the funeral and have everybody who wants to be there to be there people have to literally make a decision between their health and if they want to be present it's very difficult as I said my cousin passed from COVID-19 so at this point I don't even know if there will be a funeral I don't even know if his wishes were to be cremated if I will have a last glimpse so for me that means I'm lacking closure because I didn't properly cultivate that relationship while he was alive and now I can't even properly have closure to it in his death I just have to pray that he can hear me and feel my heart and in this moment that just doesn't sit well with me it's just not enough as we grieve uh, I'm <laughs> reminding myself and ministering to myself it's important to talk about it vent, rant, get it out scream be alone be around people whatever you need to do for you to keep yourself and your mind sane do that unapologetically because if you hold it in it's not going to go away it's going to fester inside of you and it's going to come out in the worst possible moment and sometimes that can be in your physical health You're no good to anyone else if you're not well. I mean, that's just something that I say over and over and over. You can't pour from an empty vessel. And so as you're listening and as I'm speaking these things, I'm reminding myself in the process. This is a special edition. So this is more for me than it is for you. This is fresh on my mind and on my heart and in my spirit. And I just had to get it out. So there's no structure to this episode, you know, as much as I would like to be like, these are the key points. Let's refer back to this and, you know, keep in, you know, my keywords. This is just my heart. You are listening to my pure, uncensored, unedited heart of how I feel in this moment. As I wrap this up, if I could give any advice to anyone who is checking on their strong friend who is grieving, I would let you know to provide them space to process, 
space to come together with their families and make sure that when you're checking on them, it's at those times where most people might often forget at night when most people are going to bed after the funeral, when most people are returning to their regular lives. Those are the times that you need to check in on those people because that's when that loneliness sets in the most. When someone close to me passes, I have nightmares. I'm not afraid to admit that. And so it would mean the world to me for someone to, you know, reach out and provide me with that um, that assurance that they're praying for me. Because there are some times where I can't even pray for myself because it's so difficult. Again, I love God. I haven't lost faith in God. I'm just confused right now. I have questions right now. What am I supposed to get from this? How much more am I going to have to lose in order for me to get to that point where I'm good, where I can enjoy the fullness of the promise that he has for me? And I know those seem like the most selfish questions, but that's just where my heart is right now. Like how much more? And I almost hate to ask that because I don't want him to show me. I don't want him to take not another person. And as unrealistic as that is, that is that is the chaos that is my mind that I'm living in right now. And so when I made those social media posts and I was like, I recognize that I'm not okay. And I need time to sort this out in my head and my mind. That is why. What good am I to anybody else if I come before you? And speak something to you from a confused mind. I consider what I do ministry. I am not a minister. I have not been ordained. But I consider what I do ministry. And I take to heart every single person that God puts in my path. Every single person that God has to tell me that they are impacted by anything that I've said. So it's a great responsibility to me to not come before you in this confused state. Because God and I, within our relationship, have some things that I need to work out and I need to receive and I need to get schooled on. And I don't want anything that I say out of my confused mouth to be toxic or disastrous to anybody else. That's not how I roll. So the only thing that I can offer right now is just check on your strong friends who are grieving. Check on them. A text, a call, a visit, sending them something randomly. There are so many different ways of communication right now. A Zoom happy hour or a a Zoom date, an email. Just say, hey, I was thinking about you. You ran across my mind. I put up a post one day. I said, it's so blessed to be thought of. Let them know you're thinking about them. Don't wait until it's too late and have regrets that you didn't check on them. Like I didn't check on my cousin because he was always independent and successful. 
So at this point, I just thank you so much for listening to me rant, listening to me vent, listening to my heart. Continue to have faith in God. He's awesome. He's amazing. I just I just need to figure out what I'm supposed to take from all of this loss. I just need to come to terms with it. What lessons, what testimony, what what is this setting me up for? How is this preparing me? How is this shifting me? What part of my ministry uh, will going through this elevate in me? It's all fresh. Like I said, it just happened last night. So I just need that time to navigate. If you have a sincere heart, pray for those who are grieving, whether you know them or not. It's not an easy process. And the enemy uses grief to get inside of people's minds and lead them towards depression and lead them towards anxiety. And as an overcomer of those things, I don't want to slip back into that place So I'm being proactive rather than reactive and allowing myself time so that I can process and I can properly grieve. Young people, make sure you have your affairs in order. I know it's not something we often think about because we feel like we have time, but If you can, put your affairs in order, all of your finances, all of your financial information in one place where it's easy for someone to get to. Designate two people you trust just in case something happens to one of them. That can be the beneficiary or the executor. But have all of that in one place so it's easy to find. Because there is nothing that adds to the torment of grief even more like trying to figure out how you're going to be able to afford to bury someone when you're struggling yourself. Take that burden off of your family. Have life insurance and have everything, all of your financial records and information in one place that people you trust can access. When my cousin died in February, it broke my heart to see his mom have to drive all over the city to this city office and that city office to try to figure out what his assets were where his assets were who could access it who couldn't to try to get him a proper burial all she should have had to worry about was her grief but she had to put her grief on the back burner to make things happen and make split decisions and locate funds Take that burden off of your family. (sighs) Thank you guys so much for listening again. I'm sorry this is not a formal podcast with the, the bullet points and the segues. And, you know, this is just me. Uncut, my heart, unedited. I'm stumbling for words because I'm stumbling for thoughts. I'm rambling on because that is the restless state of my mind. No rhyme or reason or structure in my mind right now. I'm hurt. I'm regretful. I'm remorseful. And I just ask for prayer from those who are genuine and have a relationship in God.
If you're not a believer, that's fine. But if you are, I'm asking for prayer. And I'm asking that you check on your strong friends. Rest in peace to Christopher Washington. This episode is dedicated to you. Thank you to everyone who has sent me messages of love, encouragement, and support. I see them all. I haven't responded, but trust me, I see them. And I thank you. Tell somebody you love them. Reach out to somebody you haven't talked to in a long time. It's not too late. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.